Power Windows and Doors of Wisconsin's wide range of beautiful wood designs can be painted, stained, or unfinished to complement any decor. Put no money down, no payment, and no interest for up to 24 months. Visit PowerWI.com. Expires 9-30-2022. Certain restrictions apply to showroom for details. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show, an abbreviated program today. The final Brewers weekday baseball game of the year coming up. Our coverage starts at 1230 a lot of ground to cover before that. And this is one of those days I wish we had a three-hour show because there's so much stuff that's going on. Let me highlight a couple things. First of all, the, the stock market, which is just – it's it's no secret. It's been absolutely brutal. And when you get your third quarter statements at the end of the month, my advice is um, be, sit down with your favorite adult beverage or whatever it is or, or take a moment to meditate before you open it up because, as we've talked about before, the amount of wealth that has been lost in this country – over the last nine months is going to be absolutely staggering. Right now, the Dow Jones is up over 100 points and the NASDAQ up 43. That may or may not change because at 1 o'clock our time this afternoon, the Federal Reserve is going to announce yet another interest rate increase. The stock market thinks, and a lot of the investors think, that it's going to be a three-quarters of a point increase, which is, again, this is on the heels of other three-quarter of a point increases. And, And so maybe that's kind of baked in. If the Federal Reserve decides that that is not enough to quell inflation and they actually raise, say, the interest rate a, a percentage point, um, look for the stock market to start to crater again. So I, I don't know. That announcement, it was actually the decision was made yesterday. They're going to announce it today. So uh, that is at 1 o'clock. So if something dramatically happens with the stock market and you see a fluctuation upward or downward, you'll know it's because of something that the Federal Reserve has ended up doing. And so that's going to happen at 1 o'clock this afternoon. If you follow me on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner 620. I've, I've posted a, a couple things. And there's there's a story out there that we'll maybe talk about a little bit more detail yesterday, but it it demonstrates, first of all, there's just a lot of bad people out there in the world, and secondly, that no good deed goes unpunished. And third, when you develop government programs because they feel good or they think they're the right thing to do, but you don't think it through and you don't put in safeguards, well, okay, it, it's like you know, we all collectively say, hey, we're ducks, come pluck us. It, it's this story out of Minnesota um, where 48 people have been indicted in a giant pandemic fraud case. And I, I sent out a tweet with a link to this story. And, and I guess my comment is that I, as a starting point, I think there's a special place, and you know where, for people who devise and execute a scheme that steals $250 million. Yes, million from a taxpayer-funded child nutrition program, and that is precisely what happened. I mean, here's the way the New York Times reports this. The Justice Department said it had charged 48 people 
with running a brazen fraud against anti-hunger programs in the coronavirus pandemic, stealing $240 million by billing the government for meals they did not they, they did not serve to children who did not exist. The case in Minnesota is the largest fraud uncovered in any pandemic relief program thus far, standing out even in a period where heavy federal spending and lax oversight allowed a spree of scams with few recent parallels. See, that that was the problem. And you can go back and listen to the tapes when we were doing this show from the start of the, of the COVID stuff. We were throwing all these mon- this money. We came up with all these programs that sounded good. Well, we want this child nutrition program. Who could be opposed to that? But there were never any safeguards that were put into place to make sure that all this money was going to go as it was actually intended to go. And you know that there's a lot of just sleazy people out there that will Government program is there, lacks oversight. Here's what we're going to do. So here, get this. This is how this Minnesota operation worked. It involved fake receipts for 125 million meals. So the government was billed for 125 million meals. Um, at times, for example, one, one conspirator told the government that he had fed 5,000 children a day in his second-story apartment. Other defendants, apparently, they didn't, even, they didn't even go out of their way to make it hard to figure out their fraud. They used, like, a website to con- create fake names of children that they could charge for feeding. Others used a number-generating program to produce ages for the children they were supposedly feeding, which led the ages to fluctuate wildly each time the group updated its list of non-existent children. And yet this rampant fraud that if anybody had been looking, they would have seen it pulled in millions of dollars per week because government officials had relaxed oversight of the feeding program during the pandemic. Okay, so, and other defendants had help from a trusted insider. But it was essentially that the government comes in and says, here's all this money. We're going to throw all this money because we, we want to make sure the kids get fed during the pandemic. No, no, noble goal. But there's no checks on this. And see, and this is the, the staggering thing that was out there. And it's one of the things that distinguishes, you know, government spending and government spending is our money being spent from like private sector spending. If you were, I don't know, if you were in the private sector and you decided, okay, look, we want to start We want to start a program in the community. We want to do some community outreach, and, and we want to set up a, a soup kitchen, or we want to, we want to feed you know, hungry kids. Okay, you would set that up, but you wouldn't just throw millions of dollars at a situation without having any sort of controls, right? But that's not how the government works. The government says, okay, we've got all this money that's out there. Let's just throw this out there, and you know, we, we, we figure everybody's going to be honest, and everybody's Everybody's going to be truthful, and nobody's going to be defrauding this. And yet that is precisely what happened. I mean, feeding 5,000 kids a day in a second-story apartment? I mean, seriously, that, and, and that is just like the tip of the iceberg in connection with this. And then what they do is they go back and they look at what you know some of the people did and with the money that they got, and they were buying fancy cars, and they were buying houses and things like that. Um, it's just, it is absolutely unbelievable. And one of the things that happened as well 
is after this program got started, they decided that officials didn't even have to check on the feeding sites in person, right? The, the, the federal government said to the rules, you don't even have to go out. So this guy that's claiming to feed 5,000 kids a day in a second-story apartment, nobody even bothers to drive to the place to see where the 5,000 kids are. There, there's no checks at all on this, and you have $250 million, $240 million, let's be precise, $240 million that's just up in smoke. And I will tell you this, my guess is that this is just the tip of the iceberg. Now, this might be a big deal, 48 people, a massive fraud in connection with what was going on in Minneapolis. But my guess is this is the tip of the iceberg. And if this was $240 million, you have billions of dollars of fraud. And in some cases, it's our own fault because we didn't have any checks and balances. This money was just thrown at this, and we would trust that you don't have dishonest people out there. Well, okay, give me a break. So will we get some of this money back? Who, who knows? A lot of it's probably gone. But again, who? what type of person does this? Well, we know criminals end up doing this, and hopefully they will all be held accountable. But this is an amazing story, but it shows what happens when you take taxpayer money, you hear, oh, this is a noble cause. It, it's Look, it, there's not the fraud that's involved, but it, it's like what's going on here with the the, the violence initiative in Milwaukee, and it, it's the, the anti-violence programs. And again, that, that's not a criminal thing. It's not fraud. But hey, this sounds good. So we're going to throw millions of dollars at this Office of Violence Prevention, but we're not going to do anything to quantify the results of this. We're not going to check in and find out what are you actually doing with this. And oh, you're going to conferences. And, and oh, you're, you're going to these training things. Okay, well, how does that translate into actually making a difference in the community? Oh, you're, you're buying sponsorships at this community table or that community table or whatever. Okay, how are you actually making a difference, and why do you deserve that money instead of, say, putting it in for the police department? We never ask those questions. All right, when we come back, another question that I think people need to be asking. Stick around. One of our texters says, well, I guess I'd rather be on the side of helping people and then holding criminals accountable later on for fraud than spend so long trying to set up a flawless system that most of the people who needed help have died. See, that's that's the false dichotomy of, of of sort of the liberal welfare state is that you can't do both. The idea is we just have to give out all this money and then figure out if, if we end up misspending it. Let's just give this money out. Why can't you have both? I mean, I, I refuse to accept this notion that you can't set up a system with reasonable checks and balances to make sure the money is going to be used as intended. I mean, that's how you do it in, in the real world. You don't just hand out your own hard-earned money and then just hope it's going to you know be used appropriately. No, you, you ask those questions. But this idea that, well, we want to help people, so we're, we're just going to give out all this money, and if we end up getting you know defrauded, these people who did this, the, the it's just kind of staggering to read this. They, they got so much money here that, uh, let's see, here's what they ended up doing. These 47 people, they ended up, let's see, more than 20 cars, more than 40 properties, guns, cryptocurrency. It goes on and on and on. But this idea that we just have to throw money at peop- people and, and we can't have reasonable checks and balances and maybe we'll sort it out a year or two or a year or three years later. No, I, I don't accept that. And part of the problem right now is the fraud that was set up with these COVID relief programs is so great. I mean, get this. The Labor Department 
They say they've opened up 39,000 fraud investigations. The Small Business Association, they've got 50 agents sorting through 2 million potentially fraudulent loan applications. It goes on and on. And the volume of these cases all but ensures that a lot of the stuff is going to go unaddressed. So my point is, I just refuse to accept this notion that you can't build in some modest safeguards and checks um, and, and you can't do that in a timely fashion and that we should just all allow ourselves to be defrauded. Maybe we'll talk about this more yesterday. Also want to call your attention to a story that to me is absolutely mind blowing. Every Wisconsin election, or almost every Wisconsin election, there's always that the candidates who try to get endorsements from law enforcement, and, and normally you see because, for example, in Wisconsin, there's more Republican sheriffs. You know, we elect sheriffs county by county. There's more Republican sheriffs and Democrat sheriffs. Normally, there, there is a disparity, for example. The Republicans almost always have more law enforcement endorsements than, than the Democrats do. All right. But 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 there will be some reliable sources. And so both sides will be able to to trot out endorsements. That is not happening in the U.S. Senate race. And I've got a link to a couple of these stories. Mandela Barnes, defund the police, open borders, no cash bail, eliminate cash bail. Let's turn these criminals loose on the street. Don't look at the severity of the crime they are accused of committing in trying to hold them. Mandela Barnes, which on crime issues, I think he's probably to the left of most people on the on like the the AOC squad. Okay, Mandela Barnes, and I find this to be stunning. There is almost no one, and I say this literally, almost no one in Wisconsin law enforcement that is willing to publicly endorse Mandela Barnes. He came out last week with a, a list of. Nine, nine members of law enforcement. We're not even talking county sheriffs, just this nine supposed members or people who wanted to run for office or whatever, like nine endorsements. That That is almost no one when you consider the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that there are in law enforcement between sheriffs and police chiefs and things like that. It's literally almost no one. But then, of course, the, the scandal is that of those nine people that were listed on his endorsers list, and nine, it's just, it's unbelievable we only have nine. Apparently, several of those, two, three, maybe even more, never endorsed him in the first place or never agreed to allow their names to be used. And so now Barnes is backtracking the headline of the story, scrubbing two law enforcement endorsements from his website, blaming one on on clerical error. There's There's just... There's nobody in law enforcement, Republicans, Democrats, independents, there's nobody who's willing to go out and say, we think Mandela Barnes should be elected U.S. Senate. And I will tell you, and I said this on the tweet, for anybody who cares about public safety, and by the way, that should be all of us, this should tell you who to vote for. And it's not surprising why nobody in law enforcement would want to get on board with a guy who wants to eliminate cash bail, who took the position on the Kenosha riots that essentially that the police officer had to have been acting in a racist fashion. And, you know, and then I think through, you know, again, kerosene onto the, the fire that became the Kenosha riots and the no cash bail and then in general, no accountability. But to me, again, 
you, you can take endorsements for what they're worth, but normally you, you have at least some split. I mean, the very liberal attorney general of the state of Wisconsin, Josh Call, he at least has a handful of people in law enforcement who are willing to endorse his reelection bid. You know, it's dwarfed by his opponent, but, but he at least has a handful. There is almost nobody in Wisconsin who is willing to come out and we say that we think Mandela Barnes should be elected to the United States Senate. And, and like I say, that is just, that's a stunning story. And you can tell they're struggling because even the names that they put out there, a bunch of them say, no, we didn't give permission for our names to be used, and we're not signing on on this endorsement. But I guess when you can only come up with nine out of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, you, you've got to take what you can get. But even some of those people didn't endorse it. It's I've been watching Wisconsin politics for a long time. I participated in Wisconsin politics as well. I've never seen anything like this where almost no one in law enforcement is willing to endorse a mainstream, supposedly, either a Republican or a Democrat candidate. If the split was, like I say, if it was two-thirds, one-third, that wouldn't surprise me. But this is almost nobody. Keep that in mind when you go to the polls.